Well, greetings from Alma College. I'm glad for the opportunity to join you this morning and grateful for the invitation. Through your nearly 75 years as a congregation, you have sent so many students to Alma College, our only Presbyterian college in Michigan. We're delighted to have one of your recent student leaders, Andrew Ludden, attending Alma as a first-year student. He's playing one of our in one of our chapel bands and competing on our swim and dive team. Like so many Alma College students, he has jumped into his liberal arts experience with both feet and is already proving to be a valued member of the Alma College community. Are there any Alma College alumni here today? Well, raise your hands. I'm sure you understand the same Alma experience of pursuing your vocation in the midst of the arts, athletics, spirituality, and fellowship that are at the core of Alma College. Founding, founded by Presbyterian pastors in 1886, we have always cherished our connection with the Kirk and give thanks for your remarkable support. In fact, until 2011, Alma enjoyed the leadership of recently departed Kirk member David Lau on our board of trustees. Dave was an inspiration to me, a great friend uh, to me and to Alma College. Uh, we miss him greatly. It was a particular joy to accept this invitation to preach over President's Day weekend. Through so much of Alma's history, the college president was not merely a Presbyterian, but also a pastor. Well, not so today, let me hasten to admit. I'm an English professor by trade and a college president, well, to make a long story short, by accident. As such, I'm more accustomed to the lectern than the pulpit, more adept at lecture than sermon. Despite all that, uh, the walls still seem to be standing, so I'll proceed acknowledging my meager abilities. Our college students have just returned from a very long Christmas break after what was one of the most challenging semesters faced in our long history. What joy they were met with as they arrived home after their months at school, all the more so with the stress of COVID-19 compl complicating all things. They were met, no doubt, with great feasts and much joy, though just as surely returned, they returned in many cases to find their rooms claimed by younger siblings, perhaps, or transformed by their newly empty nester parents into abundant storage. This return to home required a time of adjustment, a time to overcome such indignities, a time of considering just what it means to come back home. As our students returned home, they no doubt also missed Alma, their college home. College has changed, complicated, perhaps enriched their sense of just what home is. For college students, college becomes a home for a time, a place where they learn and grow, a place where they find passions that will stay with them, loves that will sustain them throughout their lives. College in this sense is a home not unlike a church home. So in thinking so much about home this past week, of course my mind turned to two of my favorite Bible stories of homecoming. Midway through the first book of Samuel, we encounter a story that I'm sure you recall. In it, Saul's father sends him out into the world to search for the donkeys that are lost. Saul wanders with his servant for days to no avail. He passes through Ephraim and Shalishah and Shalim and Benjamin, but still he cannot find his donkeys. When they reach the town of Zeph, however, Saul begins to worry, saying to the servant, let us turn back or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and worry instead about us. But the servant boy remembers that there is a seer, Samuel, a prophet of God in Zeph. And the boy suggests they go to this man. Whatever he says always comes true. Let us go there now. Perhaps he will tell us about the journey on which we have set out. 
Now, God has just come to Samuel to tell him that he is soon to meet the man who will be the leader of the Israelites. But imagine what Samuel must have thought when he saw this handsome but humble young man covered in dust and dirt from his journey. Can this be the man God means to be king? But Samuel sees divine purpose in Saul, and he puts the young man at the head of a great feast, telling the servants to bring the portion I asked you to set aside. Prepare the fatted calf. Thus is Saul anointed as the leader of the Israelites, a warrior who will soon deliver them from the Philistines. God has changed Saul from what he was. As he turned away to leave Samuel, Scripture tells us, God gave him another heart. Saul went into the world to seek after his father's donkeys. He returns to his father and to his home, a king. I've always thought of Saul's story as one that illuminates a journey to college or perhaps a faith journey in a church. We arrive with an assumption about our task. We arrive seeking, and yet we often discover far more than we could have ever imagined. Some who come to us will not have a profound sense of the aims of their journey. They may come to us seeking donkeys, if you will, thinking that these years in college and these, this journey will be primarily a transaction. We, for our part, know that our great obligation is to give them their kingdom, nothing less, to demonstrate for them that college is about not mere transaction, but instead transformation. Thus it is at Alma that we ask them not merely that important question, what do you want to do in life? We ask them too, and more importantly, who are you and who do you want to be? We challenge them to find, as theologian Frederick, Frederick Buechner says, where their deep gladness meets the world's deep need. We prepare them for lives of service and leadership and community in which we hope they will attain their full potential and thus the rich gifts of God. The writer Wendell Berry says that in a college as in a church, the thing we make is humanity. That for us at Alma College is our sacred charge. Often we can help students to discover that the thing God calls them to is right before them. God, the Franciscan Richard Rohr tells us, comes disguised as your life. Becoming a home for our students, we prepare them for the world by giving them a glimpse of their connection to God's co-creating work or that life to which God is calling them. As I think about the role our colleges play, another story from Scripture occurred, the parable of the lost, the prodigal son. And this is a story that identifies home in a very different way. It is, of course, the third in a trilogy of parables, the first two of which, the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, affirm that God is continually seeking us, not merely that we must seek God. Remember Jesus' affirmation from the first of these three parables. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The story of the lost son is sometimes taken as further affirmation that repentance earns God's grace. But that isn't really the way that Jesus tells the story, is it? The third parable goes farther in suggesting that the son's repentance is immaterial 
to the Father, who is grace itself. When, after all, does the Father forgive his Son? Does he wait to see the Son begging his forgiveness? Does he wait for a single word from that wayward boy? No. His forgiveness comes the moment he sees his Son. While he was still a long way off, his Father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his Son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Before the Son even has a chance to repent, grace is offered. Here, I think, is the message of the parable. Not that God forgives us if we ask the Lord and are humble in our repentance. Surely, God does that. But our God is also greater than that. Our God forgives us whether we ask or not. Richard Rohr writes that forgiveness is not something that God does. It's what God is. And that, I think, is the point of this most familiar story of God. Our home, the home to which every one of us is called, is in the forgiveness that is God's self. We know from the tale that if we are to be like this God, we too must be forgiveness itself. Home is where we discover God's grace. Well, sin in this biblical tale isn't defined through particular acts, though we do know that the lost son wasted his father's money in, in, in iniquity. But that for Jesus is beside the point. Sin as Luke tells the story, is being apart from God, separation from God, away from home. The second brother's inability to understand is, of course, our own. Like him, we are forever comparing pieties, as if seeking to quantify the grace of God that is, in fact, everlasting and without measure. Thus, we find home in the gaze of our God, who forgives all. We find grace in the returning. In both of these biblical stories, home, of course, becomes metaphor for God. Finding home in both means finding that place to which God calls us. Each time we send our students home for the winter or summer vacations, I'm reminded of, by these stories of the great opportunity we have at our Presbyterian College, where spiritual formation is a part of the growth we seek for our students. We hope to open their eyes to the world, to challenge their understanding of themselves as the seer challenges Saul's self-knowledge, and thus to give them new opportunities to discover what God hopes for them. As the philosopher Theodore Adorno writes, it is a part of morality not to be at home in one's home. On the other hand, we want to be that welcoming place that embraces them, loving first and forgiving always. Their alma mater, truly, their nurturing mother, indeed. In helping our students find their home, we seek to help them discover both the challenge of the Old Testament story and the embrace of the new. Well, these stories, I think, demonstrate what we at Alma College hope to help our students discover that each of us is always becoming. Finding our sense of home, God's purpose for us, is a lifelong, continually unfolding process. God calls us forth to be something more than we thought possible. Not a gatherer of donkeys, but a king. Yet God does so with a loving and all-forgiving embrace. These stories remind us that God calls to us wherever he finds us, intent on changing our hearts and helping us to find the ever-familiar yet constantly changing space that is our home. Let us find our home together in the embrace of God, who calls us to return to community, to return peace, to return purpose, and to place, a place found in the church, in our college, and in the salvation of a God who is still calling us today.